You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. begin to appeal to our own flesh and walk after the flesh, these same things will happen to us. We'll lose the assurance of God's favor, God's hand upon us in whatever we have to face, no matter what the difficulties, no matter what the problems, no matter what the situations. We always need to appeal to the Spirit and walk after the Spirit of the Lord rather than looking to our flesh to resolve our conflicts or our situations. Once you're saved, you'll become a target for temptation more than ever before. The remnants of your old nature will remain throughout the rest of your life, and they'll constantly fight against the new nature that Christ gives you. Sadly, while no temptation is too great to handle, there will inevitably be times where you'll find yourself giving in. As Pastor Mike will challenge us in today's message, When you lose those small battles, don't be afraid. Repent and move forward, knowing that Christ's work was enough. Now, here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 13 as he begins his message, The Test of Priorities. Once again, back in our series in 1 Samuel, a man or a woman after God's own heart. And in the progression of that series, we now move into 1 Samuel in chapter 13. And this message is really all about priorities, the test of priorities, as it relates to experiencing the pressures of life. And how do we respond to the pressures of life? That is, temptations that we face uh, regularly. At the beginning of Saul's reign as king, he was motivated from within. In fact, we are told twice in both chapters 10 and 11 that the Spirit of God came upon Saul. That is, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do mighty deeds. He was able to lead people. He was able to evaluate a situation. He was able to form a plan of action. And by the way, these are the very same capacities that you and I will experience as we yield ourselves as well to the leading of the Holy Spirit. But however, unfortunately, later on, Saul, his old patterns of behavior began to reassert itself. And he began to rely more and more on the flesh. He was failing to continue to walk and live in awe of the Lord. 
And remember, that was the title of last Sunday morning's message. And what was involved with that? You know, just acknowledging and recognizing who God was. That God is all-knowing. That he is omnipotent. That he is all-powerful. And that we can rely upon him in every situation. That he has an answer and a solution to all of our problems. So in our need, we need to appeal to the Lord. And God will direct us. He will provide counsel for us. But there seems to now be an absence of those things in Saul's uh, life. So anyway, his behavior, the old patterns of behavior, began to reassert itself in Saul. And he began to rely more and more upon the flesh. And thus, his perception of people and events changed. And as we move through our study here in 1 Samuel, we're going to discover that Saul became more and more jealous. He became more and more paranoid. And events uh, began to change for him. His feelings of accomplishment, his unresolved longings began to control his thoughts and actions. And the same will be true for us if we don't live in awe or in relationship to who God is. You see, his capacity to see things God's way had now become impaired. And he became increasingly unable to cope with the pressures that, that were placed upon him. And again, once again, this is also true of, of us, right? You know, not being aware of the presence of God within our lives. You know, his hand being upon us. That, the result of which will be we will also be unable to cope with the pressures that we experience in our life's experience. And so the virtues that made Saul commendable uh, to God began to wane. For example, his commitment to his revealed will, his integrity, all of these things now at this time seems to be absent. And this affected his personality and his relationship with other people. This is a story then about dealing with the pressures of life. It involves the desires of the flesh versus the leading of the Spirit of God. Okay, so with that said, that sets up this morning's Bible study. Let's get right into it. Chapter 13. Let's read verse 1. Now, I'm reading out of the New King James Version of the Bible, but I'm going to, as a cross-reference, also read out of the New American Standard Bible as well. Because I think the NASB is a more accurate translation. And I'll give you the reasons why in just a moment. But out of the New King James Version, verse 1, it says, Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over uh, Israel. So, obviously here, the numerals have apparently been omitted from the copies of the text that have come down to us. So to reconstruct this more accurately, what we know, according to the New American Standard Bible, and many of the other revised versions of the Bible, like for example the NIV, we are told Saul was 40 years old when he became king and he reigned over Israel for a period of 30 years. And by the way, Saul died in battle at 1011 B.C. So, I just wanted to mention that. Now let's pick up in verse uh, 2. Saul chose for himself 3,000 men of Israel, 2,000 were with Saul in Mishmash, 
and in the mountains of Bethel. And a thousand were with Jonathan, Jonathan was Saul's son, in Gibeah of Benjamin, the rest of the people, he sent away every man to his tent. Okay, so while Saul and the men of Israel were still at Gilgal, he chose 3,000 of them to form the basis of his standing army, forming the nucleus of an elite corp, sort of uh, similar to like special forces, like the Green Berets or uh, SEAL teams. 2,000 he retained under his own command in Mishmash at that location and in the hill country around Bethel and helped 1,000 or rather replaced 1,000 under Jonathan's command in Gibeah. Jonathan, once again, his son. Uh, Gibeah was Saul's hometown. One of the ways, by the way, Saul's age is determined, he must have been at least 40 years old when he became king over Israel, unless Jonathan, his son, wouldn't have been old enough to assume command over a portion of the army. So that's just one of the ways they uh, have you know, calculated Saul's uh, age when he became king over uh, Israel. Now, according to verse 3, let's go back to our text now, the Philistines had infiltrated certain Israeli cities and they became strong enough in Geba to establish a, a garrison of 1,300 uh, men. Now, the location there, the city of Geba, archaeologists have found the Philistine fortress of Geba, which was also known as Gibeah. The archaeological evidence shows that it was destroyed, but later rebuilt by Saul and actually became his palace and uh, fortress. So just some background concerning this particular uh, location. But anyway, the Philistines had infiltrated, as I've already mentioned, certain Israeli uh, cities, and they became strong enough in Geba to establish a, a garrison, 1,300 men, there at that location, which constituted a threat to Israel's well-being. Uh, well, Jonathan, Saul's son, since the threat that was posed by this garrison there at that location, and he was aware of the fact that the land where that they had established that garrison was the Lord's heritage that he had given to Israel. And also, Jonathan knew that the invasion of it was plainly contrary to God's will. And so without consulting his father, Saul, he took prompt action. And notice what we have recorded for us there in verse 3. And Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines. Remember, he had 1,000 men under his command. So he went ahead and attacked this garrison there in Geba, 1,300 Philistines with 1,000 of his own uh, men. That was in Geba, and the Philistines heard of it. Then Saul blew the trumpet, throughout all the land, saying, let the Hebrews hear. Okay, now, Jonathan acted, but Saul should have been the one who had acted. But remember, a change, as I've already suggested, had come over Saul. And thus, he now lacks decisiveness. Uh, he can no longer hear the voice of the Lord. 
No longer did he sense having the favor of the Lord upon him. And, uh, and listen, let me tell you something. When we begin to appeal to our own flesh and walk after the flesh, these same things will happen to us. We'll lose the assurance of God's favor, God's hand upon us in whatever we have to face, no matter what the difficulties, no matter what the problems, no matter what the situations. We always need to appeal to the Spirit and walk after the Spirit of the Lord rather than looking to our flesh to resolve our conflicts or our situations. Well, anyway, we are further told here that Jonathan routed the Philistines, but Saul knew that a reprisal from their enemies would not be long delayed. And so he summons Israel to Gilgal. Notice there in the latter part of verse 3 and also then in verse 4, we read, Let the Hebrews hear, now this is Saul, crying out throughout all the land, verse 4. Now all Israel heard, it said that Saul had attacked a garrison of the Philistines, but it wasn't Saul at all, it was his son uh, Jonathan, and that Israel had also become an abomination to the Philistines. And all the people were called together to Saul at Gilgal. Well, the Israelites did not have long to wait for the dreadful invasion to take invasion to take place by the Philistines. Let's pick up now in verses 5 through uh, 7. Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel. 30,000 uh, people, uh, 6,000 horsemen, so quite an impressive uh, company of people, uh, as great as the sand, which is on the seashore, in multitude. And they came up to encamp in Mishmash to the east there of uh, Beth uh, Haven. And then in verse 6, when the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves, in thickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan in the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him, trembling. Okay, and so the Philistines yielded a formidable force, according to our text. The battalions, the Philistine battalions, began to converge on Mishmash. Their size thoroughly intimidated God's people, Israel. And notice the result. They hid themselves. They gave up their land and livestock, and they sought refuge in the territory of Reuben and Gad on the other side of the Jordan River. Now, why was that? Now, think about it. This is God's people. They should have never retreated. They never really needed to hide themselves. That is, if they knew that they had the assurance that God was with them. But, but that was absent from them. They were no longer living consciously under God's sovereignty. They were bowing before an improper fear object. In reality, Jonathan's victory, go back to Jonathan's victory for a moment, how that he routed that garrison there in Geba. In reality, Jonathan's victory at Geba was the beginning of a movement, and they should have seen it as such, that might have ended Philistine influence within their borders. And also remember the fortunes of Saul's kingdom was dependent upon his choices, the choices that Saul made. 
And there was God ready to come to his help if his help had been properly asked for. Now let me ask you this question. Let's bring this down to personal terms. Let me ask you, is there any improper fear that we are ready to bow before? It might be the lust of our flesh. It might be reoccurring sin. Have we already surrendered ourselves? Remember this. Even as was such the case with Israel, Jesus is ready to help. Simply, if we will just ask him. He'll come alongside. He'll strengthen you. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you the counsel. He'll give you everything that you need to be victorious. And so, this is a question that I think that we need uh, to ask ourselves. And so, again, the problem was that they were no longer living consciously under God's uh, sovereignty. And they were bowing before an improper fear uh, object. So, there was the Philistines ready to swallow them up if no sufficient force could be mustered against them. Saul was weighed in the balances because of the choice that he made, going after the flesh rather than walking after the spirit. And Saul is found wanting. He did not honor God. He did not act as knowing all depended upon God. So if we find ourselves in a similar situation in our life's experience, hey, listen, yield yourself to the Spirit. Cast yourself completely, totally dependent upon God. And God will do for you, you can be sure of this, what you cannot do for yourselves. Okay, let's pick up now in the story, verses 8 through 14. Verse 8, Then he waited, that is Saul, seven days according to the time that was set by Samuel. So obviously, Samuel had already sent news ahead to Saul to wait before going out to encounter the Philistine forces. Uh, Obviously, Samuel wanted to arrive upon the scene and offer up these various sacrifices so that when Israel went out to battle, that they would be spiritually prepared for battle. And how important is that? You know, that we gear up to face whatever life throws at us. How do we do that? Spiritually, we need to prepare ourselves. How would we do that? By consulting the Word of God? You know, jumping into the Bible. You know, looking for answers and solutions and counsel through the Word of God, through prayer. You see, Samuel knew that that was what it was going to take for them to be triumphant over this very impressive uh, force. Verse 9. Uh, Well, let's go on. I didn't read the latter part of verse 8. So anyway, when Samuel did not come to Gilgal after the designated period of time, as what was told to uh, Saul, remember, it was a period of a certain number of days, and the people were scattered from him. So what began to take place? The people that were gathered there together, waiting for Samuel to arrive, but when he didn't arrive... As he said he was on a certain day, they began to desert. And then in verse 9, so Saul said, now he's taking this upon himself. Again, he's now uh, going after the flesh. He's looking to resolve this problem by yielding to the flesh, his fleshly desires. And so Saul said to the priests, bring a burnt offering and a peace offering 
here to me. Remember, Samuel was the one who was going to offer up these offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came. If he would have just waited, I, I'm sure that it wasn't a really long period of time after he offered up these offerings, that Samuel actually arrives at the, at the place as he said he would. It might have only been a few hours, actually, if he would have just waited, if he would have just obeyed. You see, he wasn't only disobeying Samuel, but he was also disobeying uh, God. And so in verse 10, now it, as it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might uh, greet him. And then Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered, that they were deserting from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Mishmash, then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled, yeah, he felt compelled, again, yielding to the fleshly desires, right? Disobedient to God. And he took it upon himself, and he offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever if you would have just simply obeyed. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. Remember what the series, the title of the series is all about, right? A man or a woman after God's own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. Who is he referring to here, by the way? David, right? Who is going to uh, take Saul's place. And we'll see that in one of our future studies. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So, God was seeking for a man after his own heart. You see, Saul was a man after Israel's heart. He was all about image. Saul was all about prestige. He was all about the things that men looked to. Anyway, verse 15, Then Samuel arose and went up from Gilgal to Gibeah of Benjamin, and Saul numbered the people present with him, about uh, 600 in all. Okay, so as we consider the test of Saul's priorities, remember this is the test of our priorities, it becomes apparent that over the past few years, since Saul had become king, he had become conditioned to think in terms of externals not the way that he thought at the beginning when the Spirit of God had come upon him. In my Father's house There's a place for me In my Father's house Where I long to be Oh my First Samuel takes you from the pastures that David shepherded to Saul's palace, where David played his harp. It walks you through the battles that were won and lost, and it touches on one of the most unique friendships in the whole Bible. To say this book is interesting is an understatement. There are so many lessons to be learned from reading 1 Samuel. 
Ultimately, we're reminded that people wanted a human king. But no ruler or leader on earth will be perfect and they'll make many mistakes. Only God is perfect and is the very best king. Thanks for listening today. You can explore more of Pastor Mike's messages by searching for In My Father's House on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to subscribe. If you're looking for a place in Midtown Manhattan to come together with others and worship Jesus, we'd love to have you join us this Sunday for worship at Harvest Christian Fellowship. You'll be able to reserve your seat and get directions at harvestnyc.org. We're also streaming each Sunday and Thursday service so everyone has the chance to attend and worship as a community of believers. If this broadcast is an encouragement to you, would you consider supporting us? We'd love your prayerful support. And if you feel led, we're also thankful for any financial support. In fact, you can donate securely on our website, harvestnyc.org. Thanks for listening in today, and we hope you'll join us again next time as Pastor Mike teaches on 1 Samuel, here on In My Father's House.